Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, do what you do when you do how you do when you do it. Why? Because you do it so well. We take authority over this atmosphere and even authority over every digital campus. What does that mean? That means we shut down any demonic activity. We shut down any foolishness. We shut down any distraction that would try to block the flow of your word. Why? Your word is living. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than a dual-edged sword. Your word is the bread of life, which means we're about to feast. We're about to dine on your word which is going to make us better, going to make us wiser, going to make us stronger. So we say, Lord, have your way in the experience today. We lay down our agenda, we lay down our will, and we say, move by your spirit. Somebody say, Lord, I'm ready to receive. In Jesus' name. So our new series is called Represent. Re meaning again and present meaning to introduce. So the goal of the series is to reintroduce you to some topics and to some things that uh, perhaps you've seen one way, but we need to look at it another way. So on Wednesday, uh, we talked about, watch this, submission is the mission. We picked up from where we ended our last series talking about the weapon of submission, and we learned that submission is the mission of our lives. The scripture says, for this is the will of God concerning you, which means, watch this, whenever I get up under a mission I am now on mission for what God has me in the earth for so today's topic is the Jesus you never knew there are several narratives topics beliefs, thoughts, ideas, conceptions about Jesus that we've all been exposed to, whether it be in your family. Many people's idea of Jesus is based on how you were raised in your family. So if you were raised in a family where Jesus was important, perhaps you view it that way today. But if you were raised in a family where Jesus was an option, you see him as an option today. 
It's quiet in the church. If you were raised in a family where church was something, watch this, that you absolutely did not miss, then you still hold on to that value today. But if you were raised in a family where you got to pick and choose, then that may be the way that you view it today. At the end of the day, many of us view Jesus because of how we were brought up in our family. Many people saw Jesus, watch this, as just somebody you ran to when you got in trouble because that was the environment you were brought up in your family. But perhaps you were brought up in a family where, watch this, the principle was, when I'm good, I need him. When I'm bad, I need him. When I'm up, I need him. When I'm down, I need him. No matter what, I need Jesus like a fish need water. I wish somebody was in this place that would just throw one hand up. Well, maybe you didn't know it then, but you know it now. Say, Lord, I need you. So we were exposed to concepts and ideas and narratives about Jesus through our family and then in school. Some of what you believe about Jesus is because you were taught it in school. And the problem is when you simply try to approach Jesus from an intellectual standpoint, you will miss the most awesome part, which is the supernatural standpoint. See, Jesus, watch this, is not anti-science. He's not anti-knowledge. He's not anti-intellectual. In fact, if you actually read some of the stuff he said, Jesus is the deepest, dopest orator that you've ever come in contact with. Jesus had the ability to speak to people that, watch this, were at their worst and people that were at their best. He had the ability to speak with people that were degreed and he had the ability to speak with people that, watch this, didn't finish. He had the ability to speak with people in the boardroom and he had the ability to speak with people in the streets. What are you saying? That Jesus is not anti-knowledge. In fact, one of the concepts for Jesus is omniscient. Omni meaning all, science meaning knowledge. Meaning that everything you study will eventually take you back to Jesus. So never think that your education had made you too big for Jesus because the education you have will lead back to Jesus there's nothing that you'll ever study that will not lead you back to God but the reality is is that if you were not exposed to this type of Jesus you only saw Jesus watch this um, through an intellectual standpoint so you never saw him through one of the greatest aspects which is the supernatural the supernatural is the stuff that you can't explain except to say God did it I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody that's experienced that part of Jesus. But there's certain things in their life they can't say. Watch this. It wasn't their education. It wasn't their money. It wasn't their pedigree. There's certain things in your life and when you look at it, the only thing you can say is God did it. I wish you would not sit there like you don't have a testimony of something in your life. But the only explanation is God did it. Can you give God five seconds of glory for what he's done? Y'all are playing with it. There's some stuff. Somebody say, God did it. God did it. God did it. God did it. You didn't get off those drugs. God did that. You didn't block that accident. God did that. You didn't come off of that alcoholism. God did that. You didn't survive that rejection, abuse, and abandonment. God did that. You... Somebody say, God did it. So we were exposed to concepts of Jesus in family and school. Some online. Some, your view of Jesus comes through YouTube, which is dangerous because it's called YouTube, which means every you gets a tube. Which means just because somebody's saying it doesn't mean it's accurate. Yeah, you got to be careful. Even sometimes when you look at things on the History Channel, because, 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 because watch this. The Bible says something so, so interesting. It says, to the pure, all things are pure. But to the unbelieving and the defiled, everything is defiled. Meaning, watch this, that if you're intent on not believing, everything you see is going to say, I don't believe. If you're intent on, watch this, having, watch this, on having uh, an anthropologic arrogance about yourself that says, I made me. 
and I'm good and I don't need God and I don't believe in God and I'm believing all of that. If you're intent on that, then everything you see is going to lead you back to what you've already decided to believe. But watch this. When you've decided, watch this, I'm going to be open. And I'm going to let the facts speak for themselves. And watch this. Here's what I need to tell you. I didn't even need to read a Bible to believe in Jesus. Why? Because all I had to do is look back over my life. And when I think things over, I'm clear about the fact that watch this. I didn't do this on my own. I didn't do this by myself. You didn't break those statistics by yourself. You did it because even if you didn't know he was back there working behind the scenes, God was working behind the scenes. I wish you'd say thank you, Jesus. So, so even social media can, can influence your view of Jesus. There's a lot of stuff that people will post, and, and sadly, some folk will repost about Jesus. Some of it's accurate. Some of it's not. There's several things people like to say. You know, if God, if the door shuts, God will open a window. That ain't Bible. It says if you're a faithful giver, he'll open the windows. There's stuff people like to say that's not actually accurate. Got it? So what I want to do is give you a few things today. That's going to show you the Jesus you never knew. Now, here's what's interesting. Every story is told from a perspective. In the Bible, that's what the synoptic gospels are. Matthew, say Matthew. Say Mark. Say Luke. Those are the synoptic gospels. What does that mean? It's a synopsis of what happened based on someone's perspective. John's is unique because John is writing in retrospect with a closer context. John is often described as the beloved disciple. John and Jesus had such a unique connection that in the middle of the day, John would be laid up on Jesus on his bosom in the middle of the day at the meeting. Watch this. Part of it was because John wanted everybody else to know how close he was. John wanted everybody else to know he had an access they didn't have, which is why John got a revelation, hence the book of Revelation, that the others didn't get. Stop. Do not waste access. Whenever God allows you to get close to somebody with power, close to somebody with influence, close to somebody that knows what they're talking about, don't waste it because you're trying to chase the crowd. Do not chase the crowd when you got the Christ. Do not chase the crowd when you got access to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Touch your neighbor and say, don't waste access. So the others were trying to figure out who's going to be great amongst them. John says, I want to be close to him. Shut your mouth. The others were trying to watch this out posture and out position one another. And John said, listen, I don't care nothing about what y'all think because y'all don't have a heaven or a hell to put me in. Y'all don't have revelation. Y'all still trying to figure out your own situation. John said, I want to be close to Jesus. So when John tells his, he tells his from a a unique context, but each gospel writer, the truth is, has something unique to their experience watching Jesus, which makes the first point so powerful. I'm going to get to as many points as I can, and if y'all are good class, we'll get to this fifth one. This fifth one made me shout. All right, so we got to say, right, here's number one. Jesus is I am. Say, he is I am. Yeah. Now, now, okay, all right, John 8, 58. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, say it, I am. I am. Now, that's amazing because the tense changes in the middle of the verse. He says, listen, before there was Abraham, because all of the Hebrews of the day were talking about our father Abraham. Abraham this, Abraham that, Abraham this, Abraham that. And Jesus said, listen, Abraham's great, but your problem is you're so married to what was 
that you are missing who is. You're so married to what was happening that you're missing what's happening. You're so married to how things used to be that you don't realize things have already changed. I wish you were not so married to the person you used to be that you missed the new person Jesus is making you into. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's all right. I'll come for you. Watch me. Watch me. Jesus says, watch this. Before Abraham got here, he says, you need to know who you're talking to. Because evidently you got me twisted. He says, you don't understand. You're talking to somebody greater than Abraham. Before Abraham ever was, I am. Abraham may be your daddy, but I'm Abraham's daddy. Before Abraham was, say, I am. Can I get you 915 to shout it? Say, I am. That may not mean much to you when you see it, except for the fact that the reason the tenses change is because I am, watch this, is actually a proper noun. What's a proper noun? That's a name. This is actually God's name. Stick with me, I'm gonna help you. Exodus 3.14, Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said this, say to the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. When God showed up, they were so married to the past that they missed that what they prayed for they had. They prayed for the Messiah to show up. He shows up and they miss him because he don't show up looking like what they want him to. I pray you don't miss God because it don't look good. I pray you don't miss God because it don't look the way you want to. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, don't miss God because you don't like the way it looks. Tell him. He'll show up in the middle of a storm and say, it's me. He'll show up in the middle of an emotional breakdown and say, it's me. He'll show up in the middle when your marriage is going through trouble and say, it's me. He always shows up in a way you don't recognize to see if you really wanted him or you wanted what you wanted. He says, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am sent me to you. Verse 15. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he sent me to you. Watch this next part. This is my name. Stop. So when he says before Abraham was, I am, he was saying, listen, you're talking to God. You did none. You missed it. You missed it. He said, the reason... Watch this, that you are having so many difficulties is because you don't even know when I'm here. You don't even know when I'm in the midst of your mess. You don't even understand that when I step on the scene, I don't step on the scene when everything is great. I step on the scene when everything is messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up. And I step on the scene, why? To show you I am that that I am. I am is a Hebrew phase, a year, a say, a year, which means I'm going to prove who I am to be. So how does he prove it? He proves who he is through problems. Every time you face a problem, God says, let me show you who I am. Let me show you I'm your healer. Let me show you I'm your way maker. Let me show you I'm the God that heals you. Let me show you I'm the God that opens doors no man can shut. I'm going to prove who I am, but I'm going to prove it through your problems. Which means whenever I have a problem, that's when I am says, let me show you something. Could it be that you're cursing the very thing that he's using to prove who he is to you about 
yourself. Represent. You think he only comes when the sun is out. He says, I'm not interested in that because I am the sun. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You only think that he comes, watch this, when things are great. So you like giving him credit when great things happen. Let me represent something to you. But can you give him credit when you want to throw your phone and cuss everybody in the building out? Y'all ain't saying nothing. I wish I had some honest people on your road. Touch your neighbor and say, tell the truth. Do you give him glory when your spouse says, I'm done? Do you give him glory when your kids are acting crazy? Do you get, he says, listen, let me represent myself to you. He says, I'll prove who I am, but I prove it through your problems. Because you won't recognize I am. Unless you're in the middle of a you can't. So watch, you hear? He says, this is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So check this out. He's talking to them in John. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. He says, I am the Lord, your God. He says, but you don't recognize me. Because you only want me to present myself when things are perfect. You only want me to present myself when you get a breakthrough. But God says, but I'm there when you're in your breakdown. I need you to stop being mad at what God is using to represent himself to you. Can you just take three seconds and lift both of your hands and say, Lord, forgive me for being angry about what you were using. Give him three seconds of glory, 915. Come on. You thought it was bad that they took the house. God says, I'm about to show you something. You thought it was negative what happened in your finances. God says, I'm about to show you something. I am that that I am, which means to prove that you need a problem. <laughs> I'll present myself to you through a problem you encounter. Which is why in, in Exodus, what were they in? They were in 430 years of bondage. Notice what he didn't do. He didn't end the bondage. You keep telling God, God, if you're with me, why won't you make this easier? <laughs> God, if you're with me, why won't you make this better? God, if you're with me, why won't you shut these Egyptians down and kill them? And God says, I need to show you who I am. And at the same time, I'm going to show them who I am. God says, what I'm not going to let them do is think they're getting over on you. He said, but I'm not going to let you do is think you got yourself out of this. And I need you to know that I am the Lord that got you out of it, God says. He never got rid of the bondage. Instead, he takes them on a process where he proves himself to them. And then they get out. Now I need you to sit on that for a minute. Because there's certain things that we all have been like, God, why hasn't this changed? And God says, I am. God, why haven't you shut my enemies down and let their tongue cleave to the roof of their mouth and their legs shrivel? And, and an acid bad eat up their toenails. I, and God says, I am. He says, you're so focused on them, you missed me. 
You're so focused on what ain't happening the way you want it to happen, you're missing I am. So when Jesus is speaking to, say represent. So when Jesus is speaking to them, and John, they're under Roman occupation. When you read the Gospels, Rome has now taken over and is now, watch this, they are occupying Hebrew territory. The Hebrews, watch this, are treated as those that, watch this, are slaves. What do you mean slaves? Because they are put up under Roman rule. Because Rome represents what a kingdom looks like. In a kingdom, you don't dispossess people and move them somewhere. In a kingdom, you send a governor to teach the people in which the territory you take how to operate. Hence the term, when in Rome, do as Romans do. Rome said, we're going to spread by not moving people to Rome. We're going to spread by going to them and teaching Rome to them. And making them subdue to our custom. And if they don't, we'll crucify. Come here. We'll crucify anybody who bucks our Roman rule. So what are you saying, Bishop? So Jesus shows up and says, hey, guys, I am. But I'm going to use them to teach you something about me and about you. They looked at him and said, you couldn't possibly be the Messiah because why haven't you overthrown Caesar? He said, I'm using Caesar to get the best out of you. I'm using your mess to get a message out of you. I'm using your test to get a testimony out of you. And God says, I'm representing myself to you because I am. Can you just say, thank you, Jesus, that you are I am. Number two. Number two. So one, Jesus I am. Number two, let me represent something to you. Jesus doesn't want to leave you the same way he found you. Contrary to popular belief, Christianity isn't just giving your life to Jesus so you don't have to worry about dying and going to hell and you go back to your normal life. Sometimes, here's what people think about Jesus. It's like, okay, you're in church. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. All right, cool, I'm saved. But I'm going to go right back to the same life, same friends, same stuff, same junk, same drama that existed before I am. And Jesus says, let me represent myself to you. I'm not saving you from it to put you back in it. I'm saving you from it, watch this, to save you from it. You, you'll catch it, you'll catch it, you'll catch it. Watch this, that's all right. Luke 4, 16, let's look at Luke. Let's go to Dr. Luke. Luke was a doctor, he was a Gentile doctor. He was a non-Hebrew Gentile physician. So when you see Luke write, Luke writes really interestingly. We get into the shout. Touch your neighbor and say, we're on our way to a shout. Let me just give you some substance first. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. What I love about that is Jesus went back to where he came from to change it. God didn't take you up for you to forget where you came from. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And it doesn't physically mean you got to go back, but it means, watch this, whatever kind of people you used to hang out with, whatever kind of mentality you used to have, God says, I take you up so that you'll be able to turn around and say, the same God that did it for me, come on, 915, is the same God that'll do it for you. And if he brought me out of that, he'll bring you out of that. If he got me through that, he'll get you through that. You weren't raped just for yourself. Watch this. It was so you could go tell somebody else, the same God that got me through that. 
is the same God that will get you through that. You weren't abandoned by your father for nothing. It's so you could go to somebody else fatherless and say the same God that got me through that is the same God that will get you through that. Somebody say he went back. Maybe you can't be trusted with up because you won't go back. When you get up, you act like you always been up there. You don't look back on anybody else in that same, and then you look back with a judgmental attitude. And you don't look back and say, wait a minute, I used to be that one. I, listen, I wish there was some honest folk at this 915. They can say, listen, there's some stuff I used to be, and truth be told, there's some stuff I'm still working on. But watch this, I got enough sense to tell my testimony to folk. I ain't coming down there with you, but I'm going to tell you, watch this, that he did it for me. I got to move. I got to move. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Stop. Jesus was faithful to church attendance. You see it? As a Hebrew, that's where we go. Synagogue. That was a place of learning. Temple was the place of sacrifice. So Jesus was faithful to church attendance. So just for everybody who says, I want to be more like Jesus, Jesus was faithfully at church. Then he stood up to read. Not only was he faithful in church, he served. Watch this next verse. Watch this next verse. Now for all my digital people, watch this. And some of you who your schedules is hectic because you, you run in the world, your serving is in your share. What does that mean? Your serving is in telling as many people as you can, come find a place, come see a place. Then watch this. It gave me life, and I think it can give you life. And if they don't want it, cool. Next. Thank you. You better get an Ariana Grande anointing. Thank you, next. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Stop. Jesus served how he was told to. They gave him the scroll and said, this is what we need you to do. He didn't back up and say, listen, I'm God. You ain't going to tell me I'm going to do that. I don't feel anointed to do that. I don't feel like that's what I want to do. Uh, no, Jesus said, they said, listen, read this. Yes, sir. Watch this. Could it be that the reason God can't trust you, watch this, is because he can't trace you? What do you mean by that? 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 They hand him the scroll, and he doesn't buck. He doesn't get an attitude. He doesn't share what he feels he's supposed to be doing. They give him the scroll and say, this is what I need you to do, and this is how I need you to get it done. And do you know what he does? Watch this. He unrolls the scroll. In other words, what he's handed, he plays well. What he's handed, he does it well. Could it be that there's certain things that we've been handed that because we don't like what we were handed, we don't play it well? I rebuke you thinking it's okay to have a bad attitude because you don't like what somebody handed you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. That's fine. I take authority over the atmosphere. I rebuke you thinking that it's okay to get an attitude with somebody because you don't like what you were handed it's all right to be mad at God because you, you, you don't like what you were handed. No, somebody said, I rebuke that. I rebuke that. He unrolls it. And then he finds a place where it is written. Watch this. Say, represent. This is God. This is amazing. Verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Say, he's anointed. The anointing is, is, is simple. The anointing is when God adds super to natural. It's a grace. A grace means, watch this, other people may lose their mind doing it. Because your grace to do it, watch this, you know how to handle the seed. The anointing, watch this, was only made when an oil, when an olive was crushed. And then when an olive was crushed, it gave oil. Listen to me, whatever's been crushing you has been getting oil out of you. It's giving you a grace. 
This is why other people can look at certain things you deal with and be like, how did you deal with that? And you're like, I, listen, I, I, I really can't actually tell you myself except to say, baby, that crushing gave me some oil. I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody that has some oil on them. What does that mean? You've been through some crushing, but you didn't let it kill you. So what did it do? It pulled oil out of you. What does that mean? It gave me a grace, which means you know how to handle haters because they crushed you last year. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It means you know how to handle issues because they crushed you before. You know how to overcome obstacles because you beat them before. It gave you oil. Somebody say, I'm oily. And here's what I love about oil. Watch this. When you're oily, watch this stuff that sticks to other people just slides right all over you. I need you to stop getting mad because of bugaboos. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You just, need, you just need to let it slide right off of you. Would you touch your neighbor on your left and right and say, let it slide off of you? Let well, so-and-so don't like me. Baby, I'm oily. So-and-so ain't going to do this. Baby, I'm oily. So-and-so ain't going to do what they're supposed to. Baby, I'm oily. He's anointed me to do what? Tell good news. Watch me. Good news means gospel. He says he's, he wants me to tell some good news to who? The poor. The first message Jesus wanted to get to people was that you don't have to live in lack if he's your Lord. I need you to say, I don't have to live in lack since he's my Lord. Second is, to proclaim liberty to the captive. What's captive? I mean, something, what's captive? Something has you captivated. See, watch this. Don't let your affluence or your influence make you think you're exempt from being captive. Because to be captive means something has you captivated. Which means, watch this, watch this. In the message right now, everybody can see me, right? But watch this. But if you're captivated by something else, you're missing what you're supposed to be paying attention to. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Some of you are captivated by fake grass. It always looks greener on the other side. You need to learn how to recognize game and say, that's fake. I can't be captivated by it. Some of you are captivated by fake phony friends, by fake phony people, by Judas's. And you got to learn not to be captivated, meaning my attention's not on them. My attention is on him. Recovering of sight to the blind. Stop, that's deep. Recovery, which means at one point you could see. So, so watch this. It's not just talking natural blind. It's talking spiritually blind. But not just spiritually blind. I'm about to go. And not just spiritually blind, but watch this. Relationally blind. Some folk be wondering, how do I keep picking the same person? You're relationally blind. Hmm. <laughs> How do I keep picking the same type of friend? You're relationally blind. See, Jesus said, I need to give you your vision back. I need to make sure you see right. He says, because at one point you did. Then something happened. And now you don't see right. So now you love who you should not love. And you hate who you should love. This happened to David. Come on, let's go a few messages ago. David said, watch this, created me a clean heart. Why? Because our heart determines how we see. Renew a right spirit within me. He says, listen, I need to get my sight back. Look at this last one. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. 
Here's the interesting about oppression. Oppression isn't always physical. In fact, most times, oppression is mental. One of my favorite movies in the world is What's Love Got to Do With It? Have you ever seen that movie? Thank you for all four of you. Okay. It's about Ike and Tina Turner, who was known as Anime Bullock. And, uh, and, and Ike, Ike, just the movie, Ike was a womanizer. He was an abuser. He was a, he was a user, a liar, <laughs> heartbreaker, <laughs> deceiver. And here's what ends up happening. It's Tina, Anime Bullock, Tina. When she was a little girl, her mother had abandoned her, left her there with that father. And then she didn't meet her mother until years later. Touch your neighbor and say, stay with Bishop. In her mind, she fears being dropped. So because she fears being dropped, she's now oppressed by a past thought. So in her present, she's oppressed by her past. I don't want anybody to drop me. So I'll hold on to what's killing me because I don't want to do what was done to me, even though this is not that. This is not the same thing that happened to me, but because of mental oppression, I am now connected to Ike when Ike don't care nothing. I pray that for the rest of this year, the last three months, watch this, that you don't, watch this, that you don't have anybody around you that's only in it for what they can get from you. That everybody around you adds value to you. Everybody around you builds you up. Everybody around you speaks life into your life. I need you to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look, liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus said, there's some mental stuff that I need to lift up off of you. Most of the Blockages we have, we gave ourselves. You want to know something funny about your neighbor? Your name is very spiritual, number one. You know that. That's not what's funny. Let me say something funny about your neighbor. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Now, just between me and you, don't tell them I said it. Is sometimes they get mad about stuff, they can change. Sometimes they cry about stuff, they can change. What does the oppression do? Oppression says, I can't. But what does Paul says? I can do. Come on, 915, let's go. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Touch your neighbor and say, you got this. Now, now, now look at this, look at this, look at this. Everybody at one point or another fits in one of those categories. But watch the next part of the verse. Watch the next part of the verse. Verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. New King James says the acceptable year of the Lord, I believe. This means Christianity is a come up. So to all your friends who think that Christians supposed to be broke, busted, disgusted, messed up, jacked up. Ooh, no. You better read your Bible. This here is a come up. What does that mean? It means wherever I was, that was the basement because everything about me is improving. Say it's a come up. But he said. Can I, give, can I give one more? Can I give you one more? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Number three, Jesus is the light of life. And these are simple things, right? I'm just representing it to you. Uh, uh, he's the light of life, John 8, 12. And Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows, stop. That's the problem right there. To follow means you got to have follow through. 
To follow, that means you have to be faithful. To follow, that means you have to submit. To follow, that means you have to trust. Stop. Could it be that it feels dark because you don't do none of those things? Follow through. Did you make that call? No. Did you send that email? No. Are you planning to fast tomorrow? No. You be on prayer? No. Do you listen to podcasts? No. I just don't know why God won't do that for me. Do you go to, do you go to the YouTube? No. Do you I don't know, you pray? Sometimes. Sometimes. There's <laughs> a Whitney. Watch. 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 He says, if you follow me, he says, I says, me, John chapter 1 teaches us that Jesus is his word. So to follow him means to follow what? His word. I need you, watch this, to realize he's not just an imaginary friend that you have conversations with to justify the wrong you do. He's not an imaginary friend. He's not. What he is is his word. And he said, my word is never going to pass away. Watch me. So here's what he's saying. If you follow my word, you won't walk in what? Darkness. But you have the what? Light of life. Here it is. Let's go, y'all. Check this out. He doesn't remove the darkness. Wait, stop. Because a lot of us, watch this, say represent. We have this thought that, watch this, Jesus is going to show up and the light's on. And he's like, no, the light is exclusive to your life. This is why some of you got to stop trying to carry other people's problems. You don't have enough to carry them. It's the light of life. It's the light of your life. Would you touch your neighbor and say, it's the light for you? He says, if you follow me, my word, he says, you're not going to walk in darkness. He says, you're going to have the light you need for life. Here's the thing about life. If we were to, uh, I'm not going to do it for the sake of time, but if we were to cut all the lights off in here, watch this. Anybody ever tried to navigate? Let me talk about me. Last night when I needed to adjust them temperatures, I decided that I wasn't going to turn the light on. Watch me. I decided I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Come on. I decided I knew where I was going. Watch this, because I had done it before. Sometimes your experience makes you arrogant. <sighs> so I said, Come on, we're about to ride Tonto. I said, I said, I said, so I'm just going to get up. I said, I'm going to go do what I got to do and then all that. Right? Fellas, you understand when we get up in the middle of the night, Different things we got to do. Fellas, really? Y'all just going to leave me? Like, like, Bishop, I don't know. I'm just in prayer all night. I don't know anything you're talking about. You mean get up to pray? <laughs> so I was on my way to the, the gentleman's room. And I, I just thought I knew where I was going. <laughs> I said, who left this door open? <laughs> I live by myself. <laughs> I didn't realize there was something in the way that I couldn't see that I needed the light for. Because even though I was doing something I had done before, there was something new that was on the path. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Touch your neighbor and say, you need the light. You need the light. 
Jesus says, I am that light. My word is that light. And it's the light for your life. You're going to know what to do because I'm going to lead you through. I'm not getting rid of the darkness, though. Which means if you choose not to follow me, you're going to... Whoops, upside your head. I said, whoops, upside your head. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Not We're not going to get to the bonus point. Jesus is the vine. The vine. T-H-E space V-I-N-E. The vine. John chapter 15, verse 5. You ready? It says, I am the vine. I love Jesus. Because contrary to popular belief, he's not a pushover. I, I, I'll say that. See, America thinks Jesus can be put in a political box to serve political ideologies. And touch your neighbor said, that's not Jesus. Move on. John 15, 5. Jesus, he makes it clear. He's not a punk. So when they thought, we're going to shut him down, Jesus was like, <laughs> you're going to shut me down? Back up, Peter. Back up. Punk is one who runs. That's what I mean when I say that word. Jesus isn't that guy. Jesus wasn't sitting there, watch this, begging for their acceptance. Jesus said, you need mine. He wasn't a punk. Wasn't a punk. So watch how he talks to the people. He says, I'm the vine. You the branches. Don't get the relationship twisted thinking you doing me a favor. Because without the vine, the branches die. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that knew that Jesus has been the vine. What does that mean? He's been the reason you're breathing, the reason you're living, the reason you're standing. The re he said, don't get it twisted. He says, your education did not do that for you. He said, if I wanted to, I could shut that down. Your family name doesn't move me. I gave your family the name. I will shut that down. Y'all not talking to me. Jesus says, let me help you get an understanding because y'all need some help. He says, I'm the vine. You the branches. What's that little TV show, Dinosaurs? He says, I'm the mama. Well, not, that's the TV show, but not the mama, but the daddy. It's a TV show. Google it. He says, whoever, here's the, here's the line, abides in me. So what's the first step of the relationship? He says, you got to stay with me. Ooh, that's deep, though. Because in every relationship, you know what we live in? We live in a time where people are committed to non-commitment. Oh, people live together, they're just not committed. Ooh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. People will date one another, just not be committed. People go get dinner, just not committed. Y'all listen then. They'll ride in your car. They're just not committed to being your friend. They'll eat your food because you always pay. 
They just not committed to your side. In fact, when they leave dinner with you, they pick up the phone to go call somebody else to tell them everything you did and leave out the part about how you took the bill. We live in a time where that's commonplace. Okay? So it's easy in today's culture, watch this, to detach because it's so easy to detach. Let me show you how easy it is to detach. Oh, you didn't like what I said. Click. Unfollow. Oh, you didn't say nothing about the fact that I unfollowed you? Block. Because in this passive-aggressive, I'm about to preach. Come on, we're about to go all the way to 10. I'm about to go. Watch this. In this passive-aggressive, non-committal culture, we think that's how easy it is to get rid of people. So notice what Jesus says about the relationship. Put the verse up. He says, listen, say represent. Jesus said, you're going to have to abide in me. Touch your neighbor and say, stay with him. Stay with him means when you work at my nerve. Stay with him means when I don't understand. Stay with him means when it feels like you don't care. Stay with him means I'm committed. Stay with him means I ain't going nowhere and you ain't going nowhere. So watch this. Our only option is to figure it out. I wish there was somebody in here where you'd stop quitting God on the low in your head. This is too much for 915. Let me finish. He says, stay with me. Abide in me. What's him? What is he? His word. Abide means remain. Whoa. We don't like to remain. This is the truth. Culture, we don't like to remain. We like new stuff. New shoes, new outfit. We like new stuff. Somebody said new purse. <laughs> and ain't nothing wrong with new. <laughs> Listen, because if you watch this, let's go here real quick. Because if you learn how to take care of what you got, it'll always look new. <laughs> I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody that was a good steward over what they have. Don't you hate on their harvest, you ain't seen their seed. All right, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Say remain. This means, listen, we, 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 this, this is what it is. This is what it is. So you need to get all that together. Because I ain't going nowhere. And you ain't going nowhere. You hear? You hear me what I said? It's a movie. Say remain. Jesus says, if you're like that with me, I ain't going nowhere, Lord. I ain't going to threaten to quit you because I don't like what you did. I'm not going to cheat on you with the world you saved me from. I don't look at unsaved people and get envious of them. Somebody say, I'm remaining, I'm remaining. Ooh, this is a simple word, but y'all better get this. Jesus says, the, the onus of the relationship is that I've proven I'm faithful to you. You need to show me something. Show me that you will remain. 
Can I just get everybody that that's your commitment today, that you're going to remain with the Lord? Can you just lift your hands and give God worship for three seconds? Go, 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 go. Come on. Come on. Just go. Just go. Go, 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 go. Three. Come on. Two. One. He says, if you remain. But here's the second part of that word abide, and I'm closing it. It means, watch this, stay expectant. Stop. He says, not only do I need you to remain with me, but I need you to get up every day expecting that today is going to be better. He says, listen, I need your faith to constantly be on the expectancy meter. Where you're like, you know what? Yep, yesterday I took an L, but I bounced back. Yesterday may have stressed me out, but this is a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. And I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. I'm expecting. Hmm. And whenever I'm expecting, watch this. Every expected mother knows, watch this. Your walk's going to be different. Y'all ain't talking. Every expected mother knows, watch this. Your feet going to swell. Hmm. But watch this. I'm still expecting. Come on, 915. Let's go. Watch this. It's uncomfortable, but I'm still expecting. It doesn't feel good, but I'm still expecting. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but I'm still expecting. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, expected, and the evidence of things not seen. Oh, baby, I'm expecting. Would you throw your hands up and say, I'm expecting. What am I expecting? A breakthrough. What am I expecting? Favor. What am I expecting? God's going to do what he said he's going to do. What am I expecting? Whatever I'm facing, I'm going to overcome. I am staying in a place of expectancy. He said, I need you to stay in a place. Y'all remember Double Dutch? I need somebody to go get me some jump rope for the 1115 after church. Right? Anybody remember that? When you got called up, you kind of had a Mortal Kombat pose going on. <laughs> you kind of had your little pose going on. Come on. You kind of had your little pose going on. Because watch this. The game was going. But you were next. <laughs> Let me talk to this side of the church. I gave you a shot. You didn't say nothing. The game was already happening. And you needed to stay expecting because you were next. I don't know who I came to tell at this 9-15. The game is still going on. Life is still happening. And I need to tell you something about your life. Ah, you're next. Can I get you to throw your hands up and say, my house is next? So, you got in your little pose. Are you ready? And the game was going. And as the game was going, the game was going, they spinning. And they doing all these things, Sally Walker, all that, or whatever they say. They doing all that. And watch this, you have to time it right. I need, I need you to touch your neighbor and say, it's time. Yeah. Wrong neighbor, pick another one because they didn't shout with you. Touch somebody else, tell them, say, it's time. Yeah. Stay expected. Say, it's time. You have to stay expecting because any moment you're going to have to boom. And you're going to have to jump. You couldn't come in. Watch this. And you weren't ready. Because if you weren't ready, what you were supposed to jump through was going to hit you. I need some of you to know it couldn't have happened last month. You weren't ready. 
Couldn't have happened last week, you weren't ready. Couldn't have happened yesterday, you weren't ready. But it looks like you ready. God says, I'm ready. Come on, 915, somebody holler, let's go. Here it is. And in him. He says, if you stay expectant in my word, and I and you, you're going to bear what? It's on the screen. It's an open book test. Some of y'all guessing. It's right here. You're going to bear faith, Bishop. It's on the screen. You're going to bear what? Hmm. Fruitfulness. Manifestation. <laughs> you in 2019, baby boy. You in 2019, baby girl. God, God says this is your year of manifestation. It's your year to have some fruitfulness. And he said, but if you want to get it, you're going to have to remain and stay expectant. What stole your expectancy? What are you full of because disappointment made you disconnect? And certain things, let's tell the truth, 915. Tell the truth. Certain things you've been like, I don't even know. Thank you for the four honest people. The rest of y'all come down at the end of the church so I can pray for that lion spirit. <laughs> Watch me. Watch me. What disappointment, what did it do to your expectancy? So that you see God doing it for other people. You hear God doing amazing things for other people. And you're like, but not me. Look at this last part. He says, apart from me, you, say your name. You ain't doing nothing. He says, he says, maybe there's no fruit in your dating because you don't give me that. Maybe there's no fruit in your business because it's more important than church. It's more important than God. It's more important than worship. I'm not judging nobody or beating us down. It's a challenge for us all. Say challenge. It's a challenge for us all because Jesus says, apart from me, you ain't doing nothing. He says, there'll be no fruit. You know what the vine does for the branches? I looked this up yesterday. I was going to have a whole thing, and I said, we'll run out of time, and I still ran out of time. The vine gives the branches sap. Sap. Can you say it like that with me? Sap. But you got to pop it, though. You know how you be popping gum? How some of y'all be popping that gum? If the branch disconnects from the vine, it can live for a little while. But at the moment it disconnects, the sap is cut off. And I came for some people today, and maybe you've been disconnected. Disappointment got you disconnected. And 
you've disconnected yourself from what? His word. That's him. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays. In Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia, plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.